may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and... Small mercies mean that we now head into international break after Cardiff City recorded their fifth straight defeat in a row and we still haven't scored a goal in the first half of a game this season. Mick McCarthy ball is well and truly here to stay. It doesn't look like he's getting sacked. Ben Price, you join me once again on this podcast. Are you happy about anything to do with Cardiff City at the moment? No. No. Tom, I can't think of any redeeming features. Tom Phillips, you also join us for the podcast. Are you happy about anything to do with Cardiff City at the moment? Uh, I wanted to come up with something then, just to try and be positive. Um, but no, I'm struggling at the moment, I must admit. Well, we'll talk about the Reading game. Um, after two defeats in a row where we lost 5-1 and 4-0, then it was quite nice to only lose 1-0, wasn't it? Yeah, but it felt inevitable. Even in like losing by a, wor- like, a less bad scoreline, the defeat somehow felt worse when you look at the stats. Yeah. It made you feel shit by getting absolutely battered. Now they found a way to make us feel shit by battering a team, but still losing. Yeah, I've got the stats in front of me here. I think there was something like, according to FOTMOB, police sponsor was FOTMOB, 27 total shots, 19 chances created to Reading's two total shots, chances created. According to FOTMOB, Reading didn't even have a big chance, yet they still managed to win 1-0 with an expected goals of 0.12 to our 2.4. Tom, we dominated, couldn't score, even with Kiefer Moore up front. Does that worry you? more than the previous results. I just wanted to rhyme there at the end. Um, I don't think as an individual game, it worries me too much because we've had games like this in the past where we've dominated and they happen every now and again. I think like Bristol City last yeah, season at home where we play really well, didn't score. It's just the fact that we scored one in the last five, I think it is. It's just, that's the worrying thing. We're consistently not scoring and now we're creating chances and still not scoring. Like you said, like Ben said, it's more frustrating because... At the end of the game, it's just I laughed because it was like they even teased us for 10 minutes of added time. Just like, oh, there's still a chance. We hit the post. You know, we, we possibly should have had a penalty. And it's just like, uh, and like I said, it's just that inevitability that we're going to get nothing from this game. And it felt like that very, very early on in the fixture. Yeah, it, it, I mean, and it was obviously obvious, um, uh, kind of pressing that Junior Hoyle would score. We'll get to that in a bit later. But Ben, um, there are a few moments where Kiefer Moore's kind of breaking away and he, he's kind of turning back instead of trying to take on defenders that do you think he's lost his confidence at Cardiff City? I think it's lost his confidence a lot of the times he broke from deep it was a long way to carry the ball he needs someone there up with him to support him and half the time whenever he broke no one was around him or if they mm-hmm. were they were in just the most horrific positions imaginable like managed somehow to get themselves surrounded by like four people um, it must have been so frustrating for him just to go into that, like there was chances there, there was stuff to be created and worked hard to create stuff. But I don't know, it just, again, no natural width played a part. We were so narrow, it just hurt us all game. And it was pretty, I know we had a lot of chances, but on paper, but there weren't really that many ones you can look back and say, we should have definitely scored that and definitely put that away. They were like 27 shots and I think most of them were blocked or wide. It's um, that sort of, it was a bit of a false... It's a, false, it's a false statistic, isn't it? Basically, yeah. 27 chances, because there was no way we had that many shots on goal. Um, Tom, we talk about the lineup. Um, Mick, Mick, Mick elected to go with one less centre half than previous games. Uh, four centre halves this time instead of five. Uh, Morrison out with a quad strain. Smithies came back in. Um, he put, put Kuna as a kind of wide player. Um, and Rawls came back in as well. We'll talk about Rawls in a bit later. Um, what did you make of the defence yesterday? Obviously, McGuinness looks kind of some kind of player, but Brown's still playing slightly out of position. Is that the right defence to be playing at the moment with those four? I'm not sure if it's the right defence to play. I think at a home game like that, you want to be a bit more attacking, and that really does limit us. I think we, we look defensively sound. Like The expected chances for them were low, and their goal was just a quality finish. Um Yeah, it's just we, we, do, well, we are so limited going forward. Like We lack that width, like Ben said. You know, the one thing of having that many big, tall defenders on the pitch is we were kind of getting on the end of a lot of balls in the opposition box. And that's mm-hmm. frustrating. We didn't score from one of those. You know, Flint came close. McGuinness had a header saved and stuff as well. So at least we got some... I'm trying to look at the positives here. At least that gives us another attacking threat. But yeah, but yeah it, it doesn't seem like the right approach to me to have four centre-backs or five or six or seven, wherever he's going to try next. Probably eight, I reckon. Um 
we talk about Mick McCarthy, Ben. There were there were moments in the game where he looked far more involved than he had been in previous weeks. He was on the touchline shouting at players. Is that a reaction to the fans' criticism? Do you think? I think so. Um, it's the only reason I can see for it because it's not been his sort of way of doing style anything. anywhere. Yeah, so I think he sort of realised, oh shit, they've got a point. Perhaps it's a it's a new dawn, and he's sort of going to come out and start, you know, getting into the vice and get involved with the club a bit more. Which for the next six weeks, however long he's left here. Good on him, but I think it feels a bit, feels like an empty, yeah, empty gesture. Yeah, that's what I, I took it as in like he's. It's, it's, I also think he's he's being far not far too conciliatory. He's being very conciliatory to the fans when his style has never been that before, has it, Tom? When he was at Ipswich, he was constantly at loggerheads with the fans. After the game, he's basically saying, "Yeah, fine, fans can boo me if they want. I, I I'll take it." Kind of thing. That's not that's not normally what Mick's like, is it? No, and I think like the comments around as well. He was quite complimentary to the fans, kind of saying, "Look, yeah, they, got they were the, brilliant." He said, "Yeah, you know, they got behind the the players when they had to, and things like that." Um, and I don't mind the booze, and that's quite nice to hear in a way that he's. he's but it, it does seem a little bit false, and yeah, like you said, it's it's against his normal character. Um, you know, like the you know giving the what the arm up gesture to the Ipswich fans when they scored against Norwich, like we mentioned before. You don't see Wait, that kind of... fuck off, did he? Yeah, effectively. Yeah, I couldn't think of the word for it, trying to keep it polite. Um, but, um, yeah, he doesn't seem to have that kind of, I don't know, anger and passion like he's had in previous roles. As if, like, I, I don't know if I'm, we're reading too much into it. Well, that's, what, that's what a podcast for. But, um, you know, he doesn't Come seem on, to we have, got, We've got to talk about something. We've got to say, yeah, sorry. No, like, he doesn't seem to have that appetite. And that general apathy isn't going down too well with the, the with the with the fans at the moment. But and then I suppose it's nice to see him on the touchline. But maybe that's a more sign of frustration more than anything, more, more than passion. Because I don't know, no matter what he's tried at the moment, it's really not working. No, it isn't. And and then we we talked about the you know going into the international break. There was positives to take from yesterday's game. More passes, more accurate passes. There were more chances. Um, the team looked a lot more solid. Um, uh, we kind of limited Reading to, to literally one chance that they scored from. But yet, as we talked about at the start of the pod, all that positivity is completely undermined by the fact we still lost and we still didn't really look like scoring. I think what we saw on Saturday, like yesterday, was the bare minimum of what I'd expect after conceding nine goals in two games. Yeah. Is more players looking like they're trying. Um I don't think it's a case. I really wasn't impressed with us. I didn't. There's a lot of people saying it's a much better performance, but I don't know if they're just so used to just being so bad the last few weeks that they've sort of. That's it. It's relative, isn't it? It is that yeah. definitely. But it's like we were shit. It was still a really bad game of football. Reading weren't good. Their stats prove that. They came with a game plan. They got a goal. They came in for a draw, and anything other than that would be a bonus. Um, they shit out their way to a win. We fell into their plan and never created anything decent. Um, yeah, it's not a new start. It's not like another go again thing. I'm still terrified about what's coming up when you look at the fixtures in October because, yeah, it's still not good enough. It's just a bit better than what we've saw in the last few weeks. For the listeners there who can't see us, Tom visibly winced when he talked about the October fixtures. Um, it, it is painful. Um, it is very painful. Um, Tom, we, we talked about the shit housing from Reading. There was something like 10 minutes of extra time at the end of the game because of all the time wasting and everything else. Are we are we just very naive as a football team at the moment? We just don't seem to have any nous about us. Yeah, and that's the complete opposite to what we were before. We were the shit houses and we were lauding yeah. it. And like even at the beginning of the season, it felt like we were shit that was into a point with like just endless headers and things like that. And just I don't know what's happened. Just yeah, like you said, it seems that our tactical nous has kind of just gone. And we, you know, teams have worked us out completely, and we just haven't got anything savvy about us to break them down anymore. We we don't seem to be getting in teams' faces anymore. We don't have that grit that we had before. Like the things that people expect from a Cardiff team, we just haven't had that about us. And I think that's the most frustrating thing. You know, because our fans will be more than happy with just seeing tackles flying in and, you know, a bit of bullying here. But we're, we're not, we show no, for someone who's got so many defenders on the field, we're not bullying anyone. You know, there's strikers who've been bullying our defenders. And it's that's why it's frustrating to watch because, yeah, there's just nothing about this. And I think, like, Ben touched on it there, like saying, yeah, we thought that was a better performance. And it was a better performance, you know, because we have been shit recently and it's, that was slightly less shit. But it's, it's a home game. 
and you know against a poor team and we should be able to hassle them we should be able to if they're trying to shit house us yeah we should have a way of breaking it we should down shit house back yeah we should be able to get on top in that game and you know there was there was positive signs you know i think rolls coming back in i thought he played quite well pack played quite well and and bowen played quite well our midfield was actually all right but we're still not kind of i don't know there's still not that I don't know what we're missing, to be honest. Because if our midfielders are playing that well, we should be creating more clear-cut chances. But I think it's that lack of width again, isn't it? it like, it's no, no outlet. You can have the ball in the centre yeah. of the back and knock it about there. That's yeah. fine. But there's exactly. no outlet. But, but that, that's what it always was under Warnock, right? It was always get the ball wide, get crosses into the box. And it seemed that way under McCarthy last year. And coming into the start of this season, it was get it wide to Giles, put it into the box, and then we'll score from there. But we just don't have any width at the moment. And there's no, like you say, no outlet. We can't stretch teams. Everything's played through the centre, so therefore everything's completely clogged up. You can see the reactions of um, certain players at the end of the game, right? You looked at, you looked at Will Volks and Marlon Pack, and they looked completely bereft, as if there was, like, nothing they could really do. Um, I, I, I kind of want to say a special, special mention for Joe Rawls. I think we look better as a team when he's in the team. Um, it was his 10 years at the club yesterday. Um, ben, do you think he's still really fully appreciated for what he's given to this club? I don't. I think he's going to be one of those players that we really don't really... If he... Well, when we he take for granted, right? Yeah, when he inevitably does leave the club, however, whatever that is, hopefully not for a while, um, we won't realise how good he is until he's gone. Um, he's been a fantastic addition to this squad and there was a reason he was named the player of the decade for, by the view from Ninian. He's a yeah. baller. He is a baller. Um, and then, Tom, you you put in the last point round uh, Junior Hoyler. Um, uh, clapping Junior's goal, yay or nay? Yeah, um, I just, it's just it's such an interesting one to like kind of follow on Twitter more than anything. Like, I get the appreciation for an ex-player, but you, the people... It's like we had it with Aaron Ramsey, right? And that's another level, like, because of the level he went to from leaving us and when he scored for Arsenal against us. And I didn't like the kind of, I don't know... Just the kind of the wank fest over him when he's yeah scored. yeah that's that's a good way of putting it actually I was, again I was trying to find like words and couldn't think of it so I'm glad he jumped in but yeah why 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 clap it yeah just stay yeah don't boo it fair enough but clapping it you know you, you've just conceded a goal like we have a go at Mick for not showing passion and then our own fans are kind of clapping the opposition scoring a goal and I'm like perhaps that gets onto the pitch a little bit we were, used to be known for being a hostile place to go was it a case though like. I totally agree with you, but was it a case of they were applauding him not celebrate, like saying nice one for not celebrating more than it applauding the goal? I th- I think that's more of what it was. But again, for me, how long was Hoyle at the club? Three and a half, well, three, four years? About four, like, four, four not, and a half years, I think it was it's in the not, end. It's, it's a fair old time, but it's, I know it's, I think he's played for Cardiff more than he played for any other club. But <laughs> he plays for a new club now. He's not come through the academy. He's not Five from, years, in fact. Five years, all right. Fair yeah, enough. 2016 to 2021. But he was he was he was key to that first promotion. Like I I, I also think I I also think part of the clapping was because we don't like Mick McCarthy at the moment. Mick McCarthy got rid of him, right? It's part <laughs> of it, kind of like going to Mick should have kept been? someone like him. Yeah, because like as much as as much as Junior Hoylet's star was fading and he wasn't the player he once was, I think everyone can see that. Um, yeah, we went on about it quite a bit as well. We went on about it quite a bit. And I'm um, sorry, Junior. <laughs> we probably spurred you on to yesterday's goal. But like, those are the moments where you really miss him, right? Because he can unlock a defence with a shot like that. And he did that time and time again for us. I remember Millwall away when we drew two all. There was that moment where he broke from midfield and hit a perler. There was the goal against Wolves in the Premier League. Um, we don't have players who can do that anymore, do we? No, no, there's there's no player they're looking for for that moment of genius, that moment of inspiration on the pitch, other than Kiefer. And if he's not firing, we can say Giles, sort of like people are putting it all on Giles, but he hasn't done it yet. He took one shot today. He took one shot yesterday. Yeah. Horrific. Um, like he's he's a great cross to the ball, but I've yet to see him strike a ball and sort of being able to have the capabilities of slamming it in from thirty yards out. Volks occasionally get Volks gets two or three a season out of nowhere. They tend to be in like the most irrelevant moments of games possible. Yeah, we're, we're three one up or we're three one down. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, there's one there's one player in our ranks who could do it, um, but he was on a golf course again yesterday. So, oh, don't, even, don't even mention him. Don't even. I don't want to. I haven't said his name. I haven't said his name. I haven't said his name. Going back to like that kind of yeah or nay thing though, I I I don't get this. Um, players not celebrating. I, I don't care if they've played for 15 years for another club. You've scored a goal. I think you should just go and celebrate. And I, it's not disrespectful. Like, 
I don't know. You do a full Arebayor. I don't think it's a problem. I don't give. I, I, I don't mind seeing that. <laughs> like I just the thing is I. I, I think there's a middle ground. I don't mind people not celebrating, but what I don't like is the people who make who run over to the fans and go like put their hands up, going like, "I'm That's so sorry, I'm so sorry." It's like <laughs> I could you could not celebrate and just walk back to the halfway line because players do that when they score other goals anyway. Fine, but the ones who run past your way fans going like, "I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I've done this." It's kind of like you, you're putting more effort into not celebrating than you are not celebrating or celebrating. Yeah. That's you're where I don't like not it. Not celebrating. Yeah, it's like yeah, sorry, sorry, everyone, sorry. I'm such a good guy. Still like me. Yeah, still like me. Uh, anyway, I can't wait for Josh Murphy to um, do that against us when he scores. For <laughs> I want him to do a oh, full right in front of Mick McCarthy, just doing the V. Yeah, that'd actually be slide into him, take him, take his legs out from underneath him. That'd be superb. Have you sent him out on loan? Yeah, yeah, he's on loan at Preston. Yeah, so he won't play them, Emily. No. Well, I don't know really because what happened? You, with, yeah, with no one else. Haven't, we haven't let. We have probably haven't put on the contract, have we? Probably haven't put his contract. His contract's up at the end of the year. And what may well happen is that if he's had a good start to the season, he, he doesn't. He still hasn't really played. Um, but if he goes to Preston um, and they start quite well, they could do what they did with Cunningham and sign him permanently in January. Um, mm. And then all of a sudden he can play in the second half of the season. Um, yeah, good point. So because his contract's up anyway, so I don't think he's coming back. He's not. I think by the fact he got all of his stuff in a van, taken up to Preston, and made a. And what I will. What I will say about that, it was quite nice that he uses the same bags that I use to move in. Those like clear IKEA bags and the, the ones that are like checkered that you get from the market. It's like he's <laughs> just shove your clothes in, take them up, and deal with it later. <laughs> uses those, but doesn't hire a man in a van like we would do. He hired executive travel. Exactly. Exec, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I found really funny. I mean, we didn't even hire a man in the van. We hired a zip car and did it ourselves. Oh, me. Good. Yeah, yeah, stupid, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's Reading. It's now the international break, but first, it's the Cardiff City State of the Union address. Uh, it's not. It was just talking about where we are at the moment at the football club. I don't think Mick McCarthy's going to deliver an address like the president does. Um, all of a sudden, I looked at the table and I didn't realise we dropped down so far. All of a sudden, we're in twentieth position with only one win above a relegation zone. Where Hull have just beaten Middlesbrough, um, Barnsley, are look, you know, looking nervous, but they could all of a sudden turn it round. The key question is, Ben, I'm coming to you first. You're in charge of the club. You're Mehmet Dalman. You're the snake oil salesman. Do you sack Mick McCarthy today? If it was me in that position, yes, but he's not going to. They've made that clear today by the stuff they've put uh, out. Uh, 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 ben, I don't I, care don't, yes, what, yes. You, what, you, what they're doing. I, I, it's you. I want you. Oh, you're yeah, in I, charge. I, I'd get rid of him. We're just delaying. Any, any, if he stays, the longer he stays, the more it's delaying delay the inevitable. I'd get rid of him now. It's the perfect Tom, opportunity. Mehmet T- Dal Tom. Are you getting rid of him? You proud of that? Uh, Not really, no. It's terrible. <laughs> I should have said Mehmet Dalben. No, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have. You Tom, anyway, have. Tom, you're, you're in charge of the club. Are you sacking him? Yes. Oh, that's the most... I've never done that to a manager before, I don't think. I think I'm always the manager in, but I think I would, yeah. I think just, it's just the type of football, the type of losing football we're playing. I can forgive losing football to a point, but not this. It's just, it's too much. And I think I think the worst part about it, and um, I was going to tweet this this week, is that like I've I've been doing view from Ninny and stuff on on Twitter for sort of 10, 11 years, and like we've seen, you know, we've seen a lot of managers churn in that time. Malky's come and gone. Dave Jones, Dave Jones has been and gone. Malky's been and gone. Then we had people like Slade, Solskjaer, uh, Trollope, all the way through to where we are today. Whenever a manager is on the verge of losing his job, there are always a few people who are like, oh no, we should keep him. Solskjaer still had people who support him. People still want to keep Slade. Warnock obviously had his fans. There seems just to be a complete consensus, Ben, across the board, from social media through to the fans at the ground, through to message boards, that Mick has got to go. It's like he's really lost the fans at this point. I've never seen it go so quickly as well, but I think it's just purely adds on from the fact that he was never the people's choice. Even so, let's be honest. That was the rock. Even, even when we were flying, it was, no, he's the people's champ, not the people's choice. Yeah, no, as I said it, I Up said, it. yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But um, even when we were flying, people were still like he never was never really taken by the fans, was he? It's never been a case of that he's always he's like we liked him and he was like sort of our guy. Um, he won. I can't remember how many games he won on the bounce. Got a new contract. Now was the majority of the reaction was oh for fuck's sake, because we knew this was coming. Um, well, I, I mean, I had lots of people telling me. I tweeted that I didn't want him to be at the club long term. I had loads of people go, what do you want? What do you what do you, what do you want the club to do? It's positive. Fucking hell. We could all see this coming a mile off. I, f- I felt like I was the naive idiot who didn't see it come in. Yeah. I got, I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm, all, I'm always that guy who's... Want to apologise to the listeners? 
Uh, yeah, I apologise for believing in Mick. I was wrong all along. <laughs> He's going to turn it around now. That's the thing. I've apologised. No, yeah, it's just, I know what you mean. It was that inevitability, wasn't it? Like, as soon as that new contract came out, it was like... It was, ah. since the appoint- it was as soon as the appointment was made, this was always going to happen. This is, it's not like the new, even the new contract spurred it on. It's a, well, it's a well-worn path, isn't it, for me? Yeah. <laughs> it's just predictable. It just shows that how easy and just how little thought goes into decision-making within those higher up at the club. We all, everyone knew as soon as McCarthy was in place and we were on this pod sort of, it all came out and we're looking at the odds and I jokingly said, oh, fuck it, let's bring McCarthy in for six months. It'll be a laugh. Um, <laughs> when the club actually went, all right, let's do that. We it all knew... Yeah, it's not fun. It's your fault. It there we go. Yeah. I think I think I had something on the, the tip of my tongue there that I was going to say, but Ben, you put me off it. So I think what he struggled with is when he came in, he started on that like negative, you know, um, negative ratings, didn't he? Like when he came in, everyone was so underwhelmed by the appointment that they were like, oh, brilliant. Like he starts on like a minus five, minus 10 or whatever it is, because he's got no good credit then. So when he comes in and things go well, there's still fans who are going to criticise him and it just drops even quicker because no one really wants him here. Um, and I guess, Tom, the, the, the question is obviously, Mick has really lost the fans. We, we all recognise that fact. How much of that does that play into things now that Dalman and Shu don't seem to be going to games? Tan obviously isn't coming to games anymore. Do they see that negativity? Because obviously we can see it on Twitter, we see it at the grounds, but if they're not there, are they seeing the true picture of what's going on at the club? Yeah, because I'm not sure they've got the same echo chamber that we have when we go on Twitter. So they're probably no. doing it for us. It's just it's just Mick out, Mick out, Mick out. Yeah, and but it would be interesting to see what how much of it they do see. Like you said, they're not at games. Um It'd be interesting to see if they do go on, you know, message boards and Twitter and things like that, because we know Warnock did when he was yeah. in, you know, so it'd be interesting to see if the, you know, Mehmet does. I, I got a feeling he doesn't give a toss, to be honest with you. That's, um, that's what I was going to say. It's not a case of, they're not, they're not stupid blokes. They're very intelligent people with like, they, 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 they'll know what the consensus is, especially when it's this unanimous. Yeah. They're yeah. not going to be wondering, oh, well, he's still got some on side. I think it's too early. The only reason he's staying, Mick is staying where he is at the moment is because they don't give a shit what the fans think. Yeah. If we're, we're naive to think it's anything other than business decisions that motivate what they do. And we've seen that for years. Um, so, yeah, like, that's why I think, like I said last time, like I can't see him going in the near future. It'll just get to a point where business-wise, it doesn't make sense to keep him anymore. And, you know, they'd be weighing it up whether they're better off paying him off or the chance of us dropping. So that, that's when they'll pull the plug. Anytime soon. When do you think it's going to happen, boys? Ben? We've got two weeks Next now week. international break. Um, obviously, we've got the Swansea game coming up. We'll talk about that a bit later. Um, if we sack Mick, who who do you bring in his interim? What's what's the process? That's for them to decide. That that's why they're earning fucking hundreds of thousands of pounds a year off the club. Um, it's you were in charge of the club 10 minutes ago. You were telling us to sack him. I'm not ready for this pressure. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that block he'll go is after this sort of next run of games look I'm going to be up front now boys I don't see us picking up a point from any of these games in October oh my god I, I oh think god, the derby is going to be a fucking miserable experience for us we can't so the deal with got, teams just, not- to, to put, put context around what you're saying there Ben we got Swansea as the first game back after the derby Fulham three days after that three days after that we got Middlesbrough who aren't in the best run of form but it's Warnock then we've got Stoke away so those four games Stoke are in good form Middlesbrough lost against Hull. Fulham obviously just got absolutely spanked by by Coventry, but you know it's at the cottage. They're a good side, and Swansea in the derby. You no points from that, Ben. Is that what you're saying? No. Uh, the way I'm feeling at the moment, not a chance. I think Swansea are going to knock the ball about, fucking just and just run rings around us. They've got pay, they've got a little bit of pace that it does that harm, and they'll have enough to undo us. It won't be like a battering sort of three. Well, it might not be a battering three or four nil, but I don't see us offering enough to score past them and I can't see them not scoring. Fulham could be a fucking cricket score, the way they sort of knock the ball about and the way they play at times. You know Harry Wilson's going to bite us on the arse. We haven't had the bite in the arse from Bobby Deckard over Reed yet. They're all still to come, so you've got that. Warnock, he'll see the, he, he sees the weaknesses that everyone else sees. He'll know exactly how to exploit that. He'll have a game plan ready just because he wants to get one. He'll want to get that win. And then Stoke, like we said, look, they're, they're in decent form. They're, not, they're going to be a really difficult task. Um, Tom, you were kind of looking ever so slightly 
unsure of what Ben was saying there, shall we say. Do you see us beating Swansea? Yeah. I weirdly, I, I don't know why I've got a weird confidence. Because it does feel like we've gone into every derby game and I'm in bad form for I don't know how long. Forever. But yeah, I just don't think I'm the other way. The type of football that they play knocking it about, I think they'll struggle to break 10 centre-backs down. Um, but no, I think, Fair point. No, I think... I've got a sneaky feeling it'd be very similar to when we beat them, you know, with a flint goal. I think we'll beat them from a set piece and it'll be one or two nil to us. I, I've got a feeling we'll keep a clean sheet from them. Uh, but then I've got the clean sheet all season. Yeah, but this will be the second. There we go. And gone positive again. No, I think, but I I, I don't That's see it's getting I don't see it's getting anything from the other three. I just I just can't face the fact that we might lose against Swansea. So I think I've just convinced myself we'll beat them. And, and, and be more until we don't when we do lose then. Yeah, until we don't. Yeah, but that's fine. That's what it's all about, isn't it? I'm, I'm accepting it now. That I, I've not got that. I know we're a week away and sort of we're doing the preview pod now, but I've not got that usual dread because I've already accepted. At the best, we're getting a point, but there's no chance we're winning this. So just be prepared, just expect the worst, and Mick will surely deliver the worst. Well, that's exciting, isn't it? Good positive pod <laughs> so far. Um, um, Tom, my final point on, on the kind of current state of play is that um, I kind of did a little comparison last year. When Mick came in, we were 15th, 13 points off the playoffs. We're currently 20th, but only seven points off the playoffs. Um, what can he actually do? What can Mick do to turn this around? It seems like he's completely struggling with any sort of system to play. But last year when he came in, it, was, it seemed very easy for him to galvanise his team around one way of playing. Is it now that he's in the job, he can't he can't come in and like lift these players up? He's struggling to lift the players up internally. Yeah, it does massively point to that kind of like honeymoon period, you know, that new manager bounce that, that teams get. That's that's what he definitely benefited from. And what and when he came in, we had a lot of games in quick succession. So it's it's quite easy to kind of not easy, but you build momentum more naturally yeah. that way. And I think you know, we started the season with some positive results and you know, we, we were having a bit of a buzz from that. And then that Bristol game completely killed us because we went, went into a national break negative. And that's why I worry about a little bit with this, where we're playing badly and now we've got a couple of weeks to kind of sit on the negativity again. So you're hoping behind closed doors he can kind of galvanise it. And, you know, we picked up results earlier in the season when playing poorly and we could do that against Swansea with if we played to our strengths, like we get the big men on the end of crosses and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm hoping we just look towards that again. But the problem that we are lacking width, so we've got to rely on set pieces. So I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it feels like at the moment we we could shit down the game against Swansea, but we could easily struggle to break them down. And we've just got to hope it's the, the former, you know, that we get a few balls into the box and punish them. Hopefully more comes back after the international break. Galvanise. Yeah, being away from Mick for a couple of weeks, coming back smiling <laughs> instead. You know, perhaps you'll forget about the problem is he's still going to be the same building, isn't he, for most of the week? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. But until they go away, he's just downstairs, not upstairs. Oh, yeah. God. But, you know, hopefully hopefully this time the, the break is, is a welcome break for us. You know, we come back in. Good hotel bit more. chain. Um, God, that's a service station chain, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah, welcome break. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, I'm tired, man. I'm tired. But yeah, um, yeah, short of it, let's hope the break works wonders for us and we come back and battle the Jacks. All right then, we'll talk about Swansea game in a bit more detail towards the end of the podcast. But um, I think there's there's one positive that we can take from the, the current league situation at the moment is that things are fucking wide open in the championship, aren't they, Ben? Yeah, it's still really close. It's um, like we said all along, that there's not, there's, it's going to be tight. There's a much of a muchness. Like we said, we can easily be that, as easily be down in 20th as we could be up in 5th. And lo and behold, look where we are. Yeah, I mean, the, the results over the weekend show that, that you know, the, the league is there to be open and, 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 you know, a couple of results could change everything. Obviously, Hull beating Borough, I think it was Hull's first win since the first day of the season. Blackpool seemed to be resurgent and they beat Blackburn, who obviously absolutely spanked us 5-1. Coventry beat Fulham 4-1, which was a bit of a, a turn-up for the book, shall we say. And Stoke beat West Brom Friday, which kind of opens things up at the top of then uh, again, um, Tom. A couple of results. We're we're not out of the running, are we? We're only seven points off the playoffs. Yeah, it is mad. Like it's just like you look at some of the results this season. Like Luton have both beaten a team by five and lost to a team by five, and it's just like it does change like overnight in this league. And and like we were saying earlier on about momentum, the games do come thick and fast. 
So all it takes is a couple of results and you fly up that table, like in a matter of two weeks. So like, yeah. the, it's not all doom and gloom in terms of like where we are on the table. That can change. It's just there's no clear path of us getting out of it at the moment because we don't seem to be, you know, we, we're not changing anything. It just seems the same every week, same every week. But yeah, I hope, yeah, it, we could easily fly up the league, but something has got to radically change on the pitch and hopefully, possibly off the pitch too. Could... <laughs> The changes that we need to make, then we've we've obviously made some silly transfer decisions this year, um, some transfer decisions that kind of make sense. Murphy going out to Preston, but one that didn't make sense was obviously Wintle going to Blackpool. Um, signed him in the summer, all looked very like he was going to come in and be like NG, you know, form a good partnership with him, be a bit of a different opportunity in midfield. We loaned him to Blackpool before the season started, and now Blackpool seems to be on a resurgent run. Does it feel weird? that we, we're, we're kind of benefiting champion Transfer decisions don't make sense if you're benefiting teams in your league, do they? Yeah, I think at the time, I sort of felt it made sense. He he wasn't... The games he wasn't he, playing, fair enough. The games, the games he, and the games he did, he didn't really stand out. He looked like a poor man's Will Vox at times in that system. It just didn't suit him. He's gone out now, he's playing the system that suits him. And he's, he's like, I was just looking at his average score in football and he's looking like he's settled in quite well there he's playing most of the games playing most of the minutes and yeah he's doing well and it's ironic that the midfield is sort of where we're sort of struggling at times we're sort of looking to Sam Bowen to be our maestro and sort of sort of kickstart us when but we signed a player that's doing a decent job for Blackpool but yeah it does show the short term thinking within the club we bring a player in that we claim we've been looking at for since January bring him in within what five weeks go all right off you go out on loan we'll see you next year yeah yeah i I just had a look he's made six appearances so far for um for blackpool and i I, he went at the end of august in the six games i think that he could have played for him they've only lost one they beat teams like fulham um and all of a sudden we look completely lost of options in the middle of the park and um yeah it just it just points to a complete short-term short-term view around the club doesn't it tom I think the frustrating thing about it is the fact that we we were always going to make limited signings, and one of them is wasted on someone we sent straight back out. And it, you know we did it with Max Watters as well. Like I keep forgetting Watters. about him. Yeah, so you know we, we signed him. He went. Then he turns. We go. Oh, we don't think he's good enough either. Send him out. So we've got to look at our scouting then, because you can't just when we've got a limited budget as it is, our squad is thin on the ground. You can't afford to be bringing in people who are dead weight. Like, but then. You, like you're saying, he's gone out and he's doing a job in the same league as us and the team won like ah, uh, it's just it, it is baffling, really. And it's it, I think getting more and more frustrated with it because I think the thing with Mick McCarthy saying as well, he was happy with the business we had done, you know, he, there was no more people coming in, you know, the, the squad was good as it is. And then you're seeing things in press conferences now where he's saying we're a bit thin on the ground in certain areas. And he, he and said like, something like, um, I didn't expect to have 22 players at this stage of the season already. So you've made all these decisions. This is it. I think that you, you'd forgive that a little bit if it wasn't him banging the drum saying that we had enough through the door. You can't just turn around and you've got the same people there as you had weeks ago and say, oh, it's not enough. Saying that there was no point in kicking up the first because he knew what the deal was when he came in. I think he knew that the club were looking to reduce the wage bill. Yeah, get some younger players through. He sort of knew what the game plan was from the club from that sort of side. He got a few players and he was happy with that. He knew he had no money to spend. And the players he want, obviously the targets he wanted to get in for other areas just didn't come in. There's no point making a song or dance about it and sort of creating a fuss. I think he was hoping to sort of reduce the friction that way, but it's just come back and bit him on the arse a bit. Yeah, Mick. This, this, on the arse. Like those, those decisions of like players going out and stuff like Bennett going... Johnny Williams going clearly wasn't a decision. I think if Mick had his way, he'd have stayed. Um, worryingly, I think he'd have also um, kept, um, what's his name from? Um, Molly Watkins. Watkins, yeah. But um, <laughs> I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, but that was a strange one. That, and that shows the, the kind of. Short term. The, the, the stuff in, like, that the fact that Mick wanted him there and then the board said no. Like and then Molly Watkins is opening openly saying he thought he was signing for us when he's given yeah. a, you know a pitch side interview for Aberdeen and, and it, you know Shaman pulled the contract not Nick yeah and that's the worrying bit right that disconnect that we've got now between the manager and the hierarchy and then the the, the disconnect between the manager and the fans there's no one united in this club at the moment and that's no. why it's so like in despair about it all isn't it amazing all the work that Warnock did behind the scenes to pull all this together 
how quickly it's all just fallen apart. Harris tried to fear to him. Harris tried his hardest to keep it going, but it just didn't happen. And it's just collapsed in on itself. And lucky, we're exactly back where we were when, what, before Trollope was appointed. I think one of the things that Warnock did that, you know, beyond uniting the fans, obviously the fans came rallying back around the club, was that he put he put the chairman and the people who run the club on a pedestal. And he talked about them in such glowing terms that the club, you know, the fans then were like, oh, actually, Vincent Tan's clearly not that bad. Yeah, he did the red kit thing, which was awful and abhorrent, but actually he's turned it around since then. Dalman seems like a decent chairman. Chu was quite, you know, popular at that point. And all of a sudden, when you haven't got, I don't think, you know, McCarthy talks about the relationship between him and Dalman, him and Chu. He's like, oh, we talk and it's it's positive. It doesn't give enough away to make you think it is positive. It's kind of like glossing over the fact that there's, there is that disconnect. Yeah, I think Warnock as well was buttering them up so he could get his way a bit more. He was playing the game. Of course he was. He knew how to play the game. 100%. 100%. Yeah, exactly. And it worked. So, yeah, you'd think Mick would be savvy enough, you know, when he'd been in the game as long as he has been to kind of play the same sort of game. But I don't know. It doesn't seem that way. It does not. But anyway, let's talk about some Twitter questions now. Um, uh, Milo Davis, McGuinness, very impressive again. Brown is in a fullback. Tell us something we don't know. And Bakuna is in a winger. Midfield three were decent and balanced and Cole seemed bright when he came on. Giles couldn't get into the game, seemed off the pace. Moore looked frustrated too. Still worried about the Jacks. I mean, I'm always worried about the Jacks. They're a weird bunch. Uh, Nick Jones, wasn't the reaction from the fans, media, Mick players to the Reading performance over-exaggerated? All delighted with a 1-0 defeat at home. Centre-back swimming in crosses from wide and no penetration whatsoever. The bar is low, but we were still poor. Just not as poor as West Brom. And that's kind of what we talked about at the top of the show, isn't it, Ben? Um, it's, yeah. it, it, was a good, it was a good performance in comparison, but it was still shite. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even say it was a good performance like, in comparison. It was less, they didn't get booed. That's the only positive from the game. There was a couple of sort of murmurings early on that sort of, I felt at times the fans were wanting to boo, but the players, to be fair to them, did enough to stop them from doing that. But that's stop all they did. I mean, that's, yeah, that's very telling, isn't it? Um, Sean Collins says, much better than the past few weeks, but can't expect us to be perfect after three days training on a new way of playing. Didn't score if we didn't create enough quality chances, but that will come from the more we create. Although Reading were terrible, awful, so not that positive. Was it <laughs> talked himself down from, that was from a, in his own well, tweet. It wasn't a new way of playing. We still, I don't, I didn't see any change in the system. I just saw us coming up against a weaker side, like a good side that wasn't as good. Then we only just... played four centre halves, not five. True. Yeah, exactly. Well done. Yeah, and the, fans, and the fans broke into it's just like watching Brazil when we put four passes four together. Passes. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, Diff MJ, the change of formation, inclusion of players who were good in the ball, shockingly made us better possession-based. But again, we created nothing that didn't come from across the set piece and it's improvement, but Mick still needs to go. Uh, Paul Grono, uh, Grono, sorry, Bluebird blogger, friend of the pod, much better because we showed much more endeavour and a willingness to pass the ball around. Having said that, much better is also damning with faint praise because we couldn't have been worse than Tuesday. Uh, Rob, uh, if we only played our centre-backs in the centre-back position, what would be your first choice back for? Tricky one, only one of none, only one or none of Morrison and Flint. Um, if you're playing a back four, Tom, who are your two choice centre halves? Um, I'd probably go Morrison and Nelson. I know Nelson had a, an absolute stinker the other day, but I think they work well together. And to be honest with you, I don't mind McGuinness at right back. I think he's done all right. He seems comfortable there. It's just Brown is the one that kind of stands out as not really being comfortable a fullback. So, yeah, my, my middle two would be Nelson and Morrison. Ben? Um, I thought about this. For me, it's McGuinness and Flint. Ooh. Oh. I, think, I think Morrison's been so poor this season. Like, I think he's been really, really average. Like I know he's battered and bruised and stuff, but I've, expected more. I've, I've expected more from him Yeah. Um, this season. It's just not come. If you're going on form at the moment, it's Flint and... And McGuinness, but to be honest, the only one that deserves to be in there at the moment is McGuinness. Well, I'm going to say Morrison and McGuinness then, just to be different. Um, uh, and that's because I love Morrison, and I think he's a legend. Um, and I think McGuinness is showing why Arsenal rated him quite highly. And I think we should be basing our defence around him for the future. He can carry the ball well. He's strong in attack, and he's not afraid to get involved. He loves a header, gets forward. He's exactly what we want from a centre-half. Yeah, I think he's perfect there. And if he carries on under the next manager, I think he'll be a firm 
fans favour in a matter of time. He just needs to not wear number two because the centre back shouldn't wear number two. It really annoys me. Well, he's right back, isn't he? So. Yeah, true. Yeah, he's been playing right back as well, Ben. Um, going to stroke our ego now because we had so many nice comments about the podcast over the last uh, the last couple of podcasts we did, um, and I think the the key review from the last podcast we did was someone said you could really hear the despair in your voices. <laughs> um, so that's, uh, thanks for that, guys. But honestly, the last couple of episodes of you know we we clearly struck a struck a chord with you guys, and that's obviously what we want to be doing. Um, and we've just got two really nice comments now from from Terry Hansen. Uh, boys, pod is great. I'm in the USA, so it brings back a bit of home. Mick McCarthy bashing won't change anything. He's dealing with a lack of money. Plucky ate the dream. Season-long battle, sadly, but that was first game playing some football. Board might be forced in Jan. Not enough good players. And then Rick Bithell says, echoing what Terry said, pod is the best thing Cardiff City related in my life at the moment, which says a lot because, I mean, we're not that good. <laughs> Uh, the weekly post-match text with my dad have descended into just angry face emojis week after week. Starting to think falling down to build back up is again is the way to go. Um, Sam Hardwell, will it be better to use the Swansea game as motivation for Mick to save his job or just scrap him ASAP? Surely a defeat in this one will be the end. That's you know we talked about whether we if we would sack him today is a defeat at the Liberty Ben the end for Mick? Not with the board. Um. If the board has switched on and thought of a way of sort of looking at it, like logically, if you get a ma- new manager in, it's the perfect game. You get a win there. It's a, it's like a free shot for a new manager. You get a win there. You're a hero. You're an absolute legend. You've done the Jackson first game. If you lose, oh, well, they're still carrying on the effects of McCarthy. It'll take time. But even if, the, I still think even if, we could win 4-0 against the Jacks and people rightly still wouldn't be convinced by McCarthy and I still think he'd be gone within a matter of weeks. Tom? I'd, I want a statue to the ground of Mick McCarthy if we win 4-0. Uh, no, I think um, it'd, it'd be the manner, if we if we do lose to Swansea, it'd be the manner of the defeat. If, yeah. if, we, are, if we are completely outclassed by them, there is no coming back for him now. Like, it always, it feels like that already, but that will be, like, we, we, we will start to see atten- like attendances of about 11,000 at the ground. I, I honestly... Think people will leave in their droves if we if we get completely outclassed and beaten by them. All 80, I will say is half thousand they try claiming there was on Saturday. Yeah, bollocks. All I want to say is that I don't think we should sack him if we lose the Swansea game. We should wait one more game just so we don't give the Jacks the satisfaction. Yeah, like like well, <laughs> well like like West Brom were holding over Mick yeah. McCarthy, you know, because they like, remember when he got sacked from Wolves. Like that, that yeah. things like that last. You know, yeah. like we don't want to be doing that. Uh, Mike MJDO27, uh, as the crowds drop due to Mick Ball weather and Christmas coming, getting a pint has never been so easy. That's one positive. Get a pint <laughs> oh, like, lovely yeah. stuff. Uh, Levi Griffiths, thoughts on how we got Collins on a free and still feels like we overspent. Um, I think that's harsh, Tom. And I think Collins is obviously a victim of, uh, you know, he's the, he's going to become the scapegoat for this terrible football. But bearing in mind, Moore's only scored one one goal this year. I don't think Collins can really be blamed for much, can he? No, but he's missed some sitters. He has missed the sitter. He has missed that sitter against Coventry. And he, and he missed he missed a chance against Blackpool. He should have scored as well, like a really clear cut one. You might have been at the bar queuing for a drink at that point. Uh, it took but, me fucking ages. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's missed a few. Not up anymore, though, is it? No, exactly. Should we go to the home games? <laughs> but like you know, I think he he should have buried at least two, if not more. I think that's yes, the system isn't suiting him, but he hasn't helped himself at the same time. You know, when people like Bakuna have gone the score sheet then, you know, Colin should have gone there as well. Yeah, fair point. Um, ben, what do you think of Collins? I just think it's just a move that's looking like a bad move for everything apart from his bank balance. Um, from sort of footballing perspective, the fans aren't going to take to him now, I don't think. I think his card's been marked by a lot of people, um, the way that a lot of Cardiff fans are quite good at doing, sometimes rightly, a lot of the times wrongly. Um, yeah, I think... It genuinely wouldn't surprise me to see him move on in January. If not January, he'll be gone in the summer. Yeah, I, I want him to come good because I, I, I do, it, it did seem like shrewd business at the time, um, and you know it, it seemed a sensible signing. But I, obviously, his confidence is lacking now because you know the whole teams is well. And to be fair, like at games at the beginning of the season, our fans are chanting for Kiefer Moore to come on. Yeah, yeah. And like, he's, and I'm not being funny. We have that was when we were doing relatively well. Like, we don't help ourselves at times. We're like, that must get to our players who are on the field. I get that we've got a good player on the bench and Kiefer Moore in those games. But, you know, get behind the players that are on the field first and then cheer Kiefer Moore when he comes on. 
but you know, we've, I, I, we've always done that. Remember yeah, the Premier League year when Ken Zahor wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't at his best. We're singing Danny Danny Ward. Yeah, it, oh, makes cr- it makes me cringe. So Kenny Miller actively coming out after he left Cardiff and saying part of the reason he went to Vancouver was the game, um, sort of February to, well, before we got rid of Earnshaw, where the crowd was chanting, "We want Ernie on, we want Ernie on." I hit, yeah, yeah, I hate it. We we don't help ourselves, do we? Um, Josh Cole Wilkins if we had any sort of form we'd have won yesterday it just comes with us being incapable of winning at the moment Matthew Davis uh, Reading were poor we were better than previous weeks a lot more confident with the ball and that's what Rolls does he changes the whole dynamic McGuinness is a player but I think still think Mick needs to go unfortunately at least you're showing some retribution for Mick there uh, Ellis Adui Ellis the chicken uh, if Mick does get sacked who would be the board's front runner to replace him Tom it's Chris Hutton isn't it I really hope it's not I, t- I don't know this Put yourself back. You know you're in Dalman's shoes, Ben. You you'll get, you you have a bit more time to think about this. Uh, but you're in Dalman's shoes. Who are you thinking is the board's front runner to replace him? It will be some easy decision like Houghton, isn't it? Because actually, we he probably asked for too much wages for us. I, and I also, I heard he fucked the interview when he came when he applied for the job ten years ago. Yeah, he left. He yeah. bought a present. He bought a presentation that had um, West Ham branding on it. No, no Burnley, Birmingham, Birmingham, Burnley. Birmingham. Oh, well, I said Burnley. You said Birmingham, and you said, "Well, there we go. We've all got a different story." Well, I got, that's what we got told again. Rumors, so I have no idea. <laughs> how, it was the Birmingham um, badges on his presentation, and apparently Alan Shearer turned up still pissed on the night before. Can't imagine. Shearer in. There we go. The There's mirror. Um, I had a ten pound bet with the mirror that Alan Shearer wouldn't become our new manager, and they've never paid me. So if the mirror, mirror football is listening, you owe me a tenner <laughs> from ten years ago. Uh, so, sorry, we'll get back to the point. Who is the board front runner to replace him? Tom, we, you didn't say a name. Flynn, it'll be because he's unless he's cheap and down the road. Yeah, he's cheap down the road. Don't have to pay any relocation costs. You know, it, it it suits, and I think he would be given a slight bit of time by the fans. But they are a local rival. Newport uh, for many of our fan base. Others not so much just because the younger generation, they, we've never really played them. Mm-hmm. But you know, that does seem like the obvious option if you know, like yeah, like you said, like cheap down the road, get him in early. Happy days. But I wouldn't be enthused by that. But that's I think that's what the board would pick. Ben? Yeah, I, I think your time. I can see the club shortlist now on the wall would be Flynn, Pulis, Hewton. I genuinely think they'll be the three. They'll, mm. they'll be the top three odds in the bookies, and they'll be the three that the, they come to. Hughes? No, I don't think Mark they will. Hughes, too expensive. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they'd look at Hughes at all. But I think Flynn, because for the exact reason he said he's cheap, Pulis, similar sort of appointment to Warnock, they think in their heads, and the same with Hewton. I don't even think they've got the creativity to go for someone slightly more refreshing like Chris Wilder. I think those would be the three they'd look at. I think it'd be Flynn. I think it'd be Flynn. I like Chris Wilder. I love Chris Wilder. I, I, I have heard. Flynn, I have, I've heard Flynn's off to Charlton though. So ah, oh, there we go. That oh, makes sense. It's a long I way think, from Newport. I think like Chris Wilder with the way he played like overlapping centre backs with the amount of centre backs that we tend to play at the moment. You can overlap with two on each side. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah, you can fine tune, especially with a player like McGuinness is crying out for that type of football. I would like Chris Wilder. Um, Mark Blackmore, why did the pre-match music change? Has any previous substitution ever been greeted with such a cheer that when, when Bakuna went off? Um, why is the pre-match music these days? I never really pay attention to it. The wrestling music still. The new, it was no, always... They walk out to uh, Triple H the game. Yeah, half time. yeah that's what yeah. I thought. They've done that for years, but the walk, I can't remember. I, they, I know they were playing Time for Action the other day by Secret Affair, which is an oh, Indian that, Park classic. I think, yeah, I think, that, I think that's what it was coming out um, on Tuesday. I asked that. that. I asked for that because that's one of my favourites from Indian Park. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think that was it. Um, but yeah, it's it's changed so much. I'm just glad they've got rid of right here, right now. Right here, uh, Bakuna, um, absolute shite. scapegoat. Any Ben? That is shite. <laughs> also, he's <laughs> no, never, no, he's, he's another he's one who's never very, been given a chance. Has yeah. he? He's like I said, like this. There's, there's, there's players that cards and marked from City fans from day one. Bakuna's definitely been one of those. Didn't help that he inherited the city's the the coveted number seven shirt at a time where sort of wits passed and all of that comes with that. Yeah. Um, but fucking hell, he's crap. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Andrew no, Baradine, shit. I'll mute you. I just don't want any net more negativity. Andrew Baradine or Baradine, uh, should Cardiff go, Tom, for 
I'm going to say Cisco Munez from Watford. Uh, he had a 58% win rate at Watford before getting sacked today. I mean, yeah, but no, we're not going to do it, are we, Tom? No, because that's a sensible signing. Doesn't cost us too much money, isn't it? It's not going to happen. Of course, it's not. But yeah, I'd like to see it, but no, <laughs> it's not, never going to happen. This one's for you, Ben. Uh, we've reached probably about an hour without saying it. Uh, Wesley Tomlin. <laughs> My faith. That was Oliver Reese who asked that question, so it wasn't me this time. Um, Oliver, fucking Oliver. release him. Oliver. Oliver, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver, Stop don't, asking please. about Lee that's, fucking Tomlin. That's the words of one <laughs> um, one a podcaster here. Not you know The majority want you to stay, don't we, Tom? Uh, yes, please, Oliver. Yeah, yeah, don't fuck off. Ol- Oliver, stay. Lee Tomlin can't. Lee Tomlin yeah, can go. There we go. Tom's there painting. We go, a bed- You're saying that, but Tom's got a bedsheet of paint out saying Oliver and Lee Tomlin to fuck off together. <laughs> so, <laughs> How long is I'm, it? I'm, jo- I'm joking, Oliver. I love you, but Lee Tomlin can get in the bin, which he'd probably uh, probably probably be able to get out of it. Gonzo McKenzie looked much better as a four friend of the pod. Gonzo McKenzie better able to control play, more options ahead of defence. We know Flint Mozza doesn't work a pair, so who do you play? Aiden has shown a lot of leadership and be very harsh to drop him automatically when Mozza is fit. Um, I think I, Flint almost, we talked about our choices earlier, but Tom, Flint almost feels like our first choice now, doesn't he? Um, Morrison yeah. seems to drop in and out of the team more than Flint does. Flint seems to be paired with either Nelson or McGuinness. I think he's probably our first choice until he gets released at the end of the season because we can't keep keep him on contract. I, I think the combination of McGuinness and Flint worry me a little bit because, you know, McGuinness is still quite raw. You know, he likes to get forward with the ball and I wouldn't fancy Flint being the only person mopping up behind him. I think... I, I don't know what it is about Flint. Like, yeah, he started obviously the season like a train scoring four goals, but I, I'd still pick Morrison ahead of him. Um, apart from it, maybe the Swansea game, just because he scored last time. And I, I just feel like that'd be good luck. And I think he'd be well up for it. And then, and then get rid of him again. Ben, do you agree? I, the more I think about it, I am slightly worried about Flint in a two man centre yeah. pairing. But I mean, we all are. Yeah, but I just fucking. Nelson needs to drop out, and it's not because I don't think he's a good player. It's just he's so off form at the moment. He's sort of you can tell his confidence is absolutely shattered. Mm. Um, he shouldn't be in the squad. I don't think Morris has done enough all season to justify sort of going ahead of Flint. I think the way Flint's performed, he's been the best of a bad bunch and sort of deserves the chance for now. I think with Morrison, I worry that he hasn't been hundred percent fit for about a year and a half. I feel like, you know... Since, the, had, since the Swansea game under Warnock, really, when he had two broken wrists. Both, both wrists, yeah. Yeah, and I just feel like, I think we might see him dip in and out a lot more now. I think he'll have a lot more of these injuries because he's just been relentlessly playing for us for year after year after year, being asked, like, at an, an actual... Uh, like, a, like a store at the back, and I think it's well, just... The, the last... The, the Swansea game he won, wasn't there? Um, he pulled his calf after about half an hour or something, yeah, which is posting up on painkillers. Yeah, um, which you've also got to think. Been. You've also got to think as well that his contract's up at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, we don't know what the situation is behind the scenes of whether he's been offered a new deal. Um, you're much less likely to sort of run yourself into the ground and absolutely put your body on the line the way he has to the, for, for his style of play. If you're then being told, "Oh, you find a new club in the summer," you're unemployed from July. I'm not going to be throwing myself on the ground and risking sort of serious injury and months on the sidelines for that. Please. Don't talk about Sean Morrison not being at the club anymore. I can't hack it. Um, I was trying to segue from the talk about the Southwest Derby into the Southwest Derby stuff, but I couldn't. Um, and segue is spelled S-E-G-U-E, um, for those who are interested. Um, we've got the first game back after the international break. I guess you have to talk about it now, even though it's two, two, literally two weeks today away. Uh, the uh, South Wales Derby, Ben. Um, we, we talked about it at the top of the hour, but how important is it now that... Um, Moore and Colwell going off of Wales. They'll get some game time, hopefully. Hopefully put some confidence back in them because they both look, you know... Colwell doesn't look bereft of confidence, but he looks like he's not playing to how he was against Nottingham Forest. Moore hasn't looked on the boil all season. Um, is it ty- is, is, is that what the international break is? Is that the aim, to get them some confidence and some game time? Yeah, it's just a game to, aim to get them playing some football. <laughs> You're going into a team that can knock the ball about a bit. I know Wales aren't exactly the prettiest, but... They're going to see a hell of a lot more of the ball than they would than they would at Cardiff. Um, yeah, it's time just to regroup, refocus, and sort of it'll do them some good looking at another opportunity, sort of at something else, take an opportunity, something that has a bit of chance of success as well. Tom, what do you see more doing on the international break? Obviously, you're you're our resident Wales expert. You're going flying out this week. Um, how, is he going to start the games? You think? I think more will. I don't think Cole will play at all. 
Um, I think, but I think oh, will he? Won't he? I think like he'll benefit from being around the, you know, the style of players our Wales have got coming into the squad. I think even if he doesn't get on the pitch, it's not the end of the world. But I think yeah, more will have a if he doesn't start the first game. I think he'll start in Estonia. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm sure they're excited to get away from Cardiff for the moment because I know I am. I've already packed my bag. Um, <laughs> so, in London. Yeah, exactly. So no, I think I think it will be good um, for both players to go away and just come back with a bit more of a spring in their step. Did Harris not get called up? Oh, I've. That's a good point. I can't. Actually. I I I can't. I think I he might. I his... oh, he did, did he? Because that'd have been really harsh. Because I thought you. He was. A... He was very good in the last international break. Brilliant for Wales. Yeah, I thought sort of. I'd. It wouldn't surprise me to see him start ahead of Colwell. Sort of as far as that goes, he looked really really sharp and little sort of slotted in quite nicely, and that would be good for him because. Again, another player. So I think because the way Cole will sort of burst through and everyone's sort of pinning their hopes on him, they've not seen the development that's come under Mark Harris this season. Because I honestly thought yeah. the start of the season he wouldn't be good enough for League One, but the way he's come on, sort well, of fucking Mick McCarthy still thinks that he wants to send him to Fleetwood. No, yeah, I know, but he's Fleetwood. Fleetwood. He doesn't know anything. But I, I think Harris is sort of, yeah, I think he's going to be an under like a sort of surprise package for us over the next couple of seasons. Yeah, he was called up. We've all, already talked about Mick losing, you know, potentially Mick losing and going. Um, but we should talk about Swansea a little bit. Um, obviously they've got a new manager in Russell Martin. Uh, good hair of head on him. Um, good head of hair on him rather. Um, <laughs> he's got them back to playing the football they fucking love, knocking it around at the back and doing fuck all with it to get past the halfway line. Um, they drew yesterday nil nil with Derby. Um, I think they they lost to Fulham in a previous game, but scored a very good goal from Patterson. Um, and I think they beat Huddersfield the game before, but um, only a couple goals scored in the last few games. Um, Tom, when we played them last year, or actually when McCarthy came in last year, there was there was that focus on the high press with people like NG kind of leading it from the back. With them knocking it around around the back, is it time for us to kind of think about bringing back the high press or trying to at least pressure them in their own half? I think it's to do what we did against, I think it was Bournemouth is always what it sticks out with me, where you let them have the ball at the back a lot of the time. And then as a unit, you press... You know, in you phases, move them at the pitch, don't yeah, you? You, yeah. You phase it like you just you try and blitz them every now and again to kind of cut them off guard because let them have the ball, like they'll have they'll have stats where they'll have 78 possession and not score and let them do that. And I think we can contain them. I think that's why I've got this slight bit of confidence going into the game. That I think against a team like Swansea, I think we'll hold up okay. Famous last words, but like, yeah, mm. bringing back that style of play where let them have the ball and then blitz them every now and again, put them under a bit of pressure, and hopefully they'll panic on it. You know, or they'll give a free kick away, and that's where we capitalise, and, and that's how I see us winning that game. Well, I just, I'm just checking their stats from the weekend from FOTMOB. Uh, sponsor us, please, FOTMOB. Thank you. Um, they, against Derby, in a nil-nil draw, so nil-nil, neither team scored, 76% possession. Just explain that, mate. I wonder what that meant. Yeah, just checking on you, listening there, Ben. Uh, 76% possession with 662 accurate passes. Um, their attempted passes... Um, it doesn't actually... 932 touches, uh, 762 passes overall, uh, and they came away with a nil-nil draw. So, I mean, Ben, we have always highlighted the fact that we don't like ticky-tacker football, right? Um, and is this like the ultimate clash of two styles in this division? Belligerent set-piece-based football from Mick McCarthy versus pass it around across the back four? Yeah, it's proper sort of Pep Guardiola versus Mike Bassett, isn't it? So it yeah. feels like that. Just the whole just contrast of styles. Um, I like Tom said about the press and stuff. I think if we're a squad capable of doing that and we we were playing in that sort of way, I'd totally be with him and sort of say, yeah, I think we'd win it comfortably because I think the way Swansea play at the moment is quite predictable. Um, listen to Edgefoff the other week and sort of while Sorry, what were you listening to? Edgefoff. <laughs> right, saying feast of football. Feast of football, yeah. But listen no, to that. just edge fop. I've never heard it called that before. I'm sure they do, but um, I don't really listen to it. No offense to the guys. No, it's uh, the times I've listened to it, it's a great like we're getting descending off. It's a great podcast, <laughs> La Bellis James. But um, I've just it just caught me off guard that you called it edge fop. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, listen to that sort of like as much as Ellis sort of got excited in, in the way the Swansea have with the Russell Martin sort of playing that style that Swansea seemingly love, you sort of hear the way um they talk about how little chances they're creating, sort of the vulnerabilities. It's set up to press and sort of squeeze the game, and sort of push them up the way that we did exactly against Bournemouth. But at the moment, I just don't see that team capable of doing that. 
Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's it's a real tough one to call. Um, it's essentially Tom a relegation six pointer. Uh, oh come on, no. That's... We're about. It's a th- we'll be a third of the way through the season. Uh, no, a quarter of the way through the season. It's definitely a six pointer in my eyes. I oh, yeah, just don't, um, don't heap any more pressure onto it. We don't right, need like, it. This we're meant to do this a fucking podcast for fuck's sake. <laughs> What do you want right. us to talk about? We'll no, talk no, about no, someone no. else if you want. No, just don't call it a relegation scrap. Doesn't that, you know, my optimism it. Will... Fine, fine, carry on. I'm looking at um, the top passes from yesterday's game. Sorry, Derby Swansea. Matt Grimes with 120, central midfielder. Carl Norton, uh, who I think he's centre-back right-back. Ryan Manning, centre-back right-back. Ben Cabango, centre-back right-back as they're following three uh, top passes of the ball. Then you've got Flynn Downs, Jamie Patterson, and then Ben Hamer, which is their goalkeeper, came in at number seven. Um, so it's a lot of passes between defenders, though. Um, and it's the Swans. He's like, um, yeah, I, I think they've dropped the guy they brought in because he couldn't handle passing it around. The other key bender, I think his name was, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I Whenever did. I saw him on TV, he was fucking shitting himself anytime he had the ball at his feet. Uh, so hopefully they'll bring him back in for the derby. I didn't realize um, that he'd gone there. He seems to be in about few years, but he's only going to be like 22, isn't he? Who, Ben Hamer? Yeah, he seems like the kind of players. I don't know if I've just. Let's have a look, shall we? 33, actually. <laughs> Is he? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, good career on him. Reading, Crawley, Brentford, Exeter, Charlton, Leicester, Forest, Bristol, Huddersfield, Derby, Swansea. It's a um, career that. And I'm surprised he didn't play for us. And when it, it seems like we one had of Ben Amos, yeah, Ben no, Amos no. or Ben Hamer, you have one or the other, basically. Oh, right. Yeah, because when yeah, we had that's that the phase, you could have easily been one of the keepers over there. God, yeah, we seem to change keeper every week. Um, we talked about top, but Tom, how are you actually feeling about this game? How important is it that we get the win? I think it's important we don't lose, I think, is the main thing. I think, you know, this ongoing start that no one's done the double, which is absolutely mind-boggling. It's mental. It's absolutely mental. I'd, I'd love that to keep going. You know, it just don't lose this game. If we beat them, fantastic. And I, I honestly, I've got a, like I said, I've got a weird optimism going into it. And I think we'll get something from it. But, yeah, just don't lose. Please don't lose. <laughs> ben, do you echo that? Yeah, I'd be fucking delighted with the point. The shittest nil-nil possible. I'm all for that. But I can just see it being just a clusterfuck of a game that ends badly for us. I don't I think I think the good thing is is that neither team I mean, we're absolutely not at the pinnacle of our game. And obviously Swansea is still learning the way that Russell Martin wants him to play and kind of changing from Cooper to where they're going now. And I, I think you can see that they're obviously adapting to the passing game a lot more, back to that, that passing game a lot more because they're the amount of passes they're doing. But they're still not quite clinical enough when they get past the halfway line. And obviously that's going to be telling, right? Because they lost Jamal Lowe um, in, in in the transfer window, who was one of their key strikers. That Piro's come in and he's, he is scoring goals and I do worry about him, but he's not consistently scoring like um, he should at this stage. So it, it could be a really interesting game from a number of reasons, really. The fact that neither team are at the pinnacle of their form, neither team are in particularly good form and both are adapting to different ways of playing. Um, I would love a one-all draw. I would be happy with a one-all draw, um, but I can see us losing. If I'm being honest, I just don't. I don't need us to lose a derby game after a week away watching Wales. I'll be emotionally fragile as it is. I'll be yeah. lack, I'll be lacking energy. I, I don't, don't want need, it to happen, Tom. This I, isn't I, what I'm saying. I, I want know, to happen. It's just the worst time for this game to come around. <laughs> it just I just could have done with another few weeks. But you know, you I just realised for the start of the season, I talked up. Everyone's sort of talking about how badly Derby are doing, how guaranteed they're going to go down. If um, Dar- if Derby had that points deduction, they'd be above us. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. would. Yeah. yeah, so we got to thank the, <laughs> for that, uh, the EFL for that. Thanks, thanks for another positive there, Ben. But if they had, <laughs> if they had, um, if they had their full point deduction, if only had the administration they're, points, they're still there. waiting for the nine points to come off. I think, are they? So if they have that nine points to come off, they'll be on minus seven because they're on two points at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah, they're only, they're only, despite the points deduction, obviously the nine points will come off as well. They are only, uh, they're nine points behind us, and <laughs> they've we've lost five games in a row, and they've kind of they've drawn two. One, two, and lost one of the last five. Jesus, guys, a clusterfuck at the bottom of the table. Um, round it off with a prediction, then, Tom. What's the score going to be in the derby game? Uh, I think we'll win 2 0. Ben Price, 0 0. 0 0. I'm going 1 all. Um, so a real, a real range of results there, but quite confident for us, which is fucking ridiculous considering I'm shite. <laughs> uh, but I suppose we've got to be optimistic, right? It's two, it's weeks, two weeks away. away. A lot can change in that time. It's gone. Um, 
And a lot can change in that time. Um, and if you are liking what we're doing here at View from Ninian, follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Uh, find us on Kofi. We, you know, we, we do this for the love of the love of Cardiff City. Mental. Um, but you can give us some money on kofi.com forward slash VFT Ninian because obviously we pay for things like the Zoom licenses and whatever else, editing software and all that kind of stuff. Genuinely, thank you for the comments of the last couple of weeks. It kind of makes it all worthwhile. Um, we've had some really nice comments saying that we're kind of summing up the way a lot of Cardiff fans are feeling at the moment. And, you know, it's nice to know that we are the voice of the people, um, even if we're not trying to be. And modest. Uh, and modest with it as well, yeah. Um, I've got some pasta cooking, so I'm going to head off in a minute. Uh, ben, how are you going to spend the international break? Um, just silently sobbing, probably. Just yeah, yeah, watching the Wales games as well, because, I mean, they could go either way with them too. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's not looking great either, is it? Tom, you're going out, aren't you? Yeah, so I'll be digging out my travel adapter and passport now to add to my backpack. Do you know where I'll they are? I know exactly where they are. I'm well, well, well drilled on this now. No, no last minute rummaging anymore. So yeah, I'll be going flying out on Wednesday. Well, safe travels. Uh, I'll be watching from the comfort of my own home. Uh, boys, it's been a pleasure as always, and I will see you in two weeks' time. Love you, bye. Right, Can I miss nearly you. Half time, pal. Your turn to get the ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now? All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is, I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN, to get your first case of eight beers for just 5 95 that's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>